You've heard our open themes with listeners talking about their vocations. Missouri dairy farmers love issues, etc. And what they're doing while listening to issues, etc. This is Mark from Michigan, and I am a lawnmower listener. We love issues, etc. We're looking for more of these elements to include in our open themes. Tell us about your vocation, hobby, or what you do while listening to Issues Etc. Call the Issues Etc. comment line 24-7 at 618-223-8382. If you make a mistake, just start over. 618-223-8382. Thanks for listening and thanks for contributing to Issues Etc. 618-223-8382. Precisely because things have gotten so hostile out there, there is a new understanding and a new kind of backbone growing into traditional Christianity, and I think that's a very good sign. How do we teach the child to love the law without teaching the child they have to keep the law in order to be loved? The Bible comes to us not first as a theology book, but as a history book. The Bible comes to us saying, these are things that happened. Freedom in the Bible is not, I can do whatever I want to do whenever I want to do it. That's not freedom, that's only slavery. Freedom in the Bible is, I have a father who loves me, has given his son to die for me. Wisconsin snowplow drivers love issues, etc. Well, I used to think that the creed of feminism was, you can have it all. That was never true, by the way. I think it's become, you have to have it all. It's become an imperative of feminism. You're not really a woman or a woman who's working toward the cause if you're not trying to have it all. But since you can't have it all, no one can, men or women, what is sacrificed when you try to have it all? And you got to set priorities, don't you? And even for women in increasing numbers, Career becomes a priority over marriage and family. What falls by the wayside? Welcome back to Issues Etc. I'm Todd Wilkin. We're coming to you from the studios of Lutheran Public Radio. Thanks for tuning us in. We're going to talk about the consequences of women prioritizing their careers for a few minutes with Suzanne Baker. Then a little bit later, Pastor Tom Baker will join us. We'll be teaching a Sunday school lesson on Peter's escape from prison in Acts chapter 12. Suzanne Baker is a regular guest. She's a married mother of two children in St. Louis, a regular contributor at Fox News, author of several books, including her latest, The Alpha Female's Guide to Men and Marriage, and a recent column for The Federalist titled, If Women Want a Family, They Need to Prioritize Marriage Above Their Careers. Suzanne, welcome back to Issues Etc. Hi, thanks for having me. You seem to suggest in your latest Federalist piece that uh, women would do well to think about marriage and family the same way they seem to be thinking about their careers. How is that? So it's been a real, you know, just a huge reversal socially when you think about it from the way women used to map out their lives, where it was pretty much all focused on marriage and family and not any thoughts of career. And rather than sort of tweak that a bit, we went the other direction overboard and did do just the opposite now. And I think that's just as problematic. I think there are uh, just a numerous uh, problems with making a career so much of the focus of your life. And it also, of course, uh, you know, it has to do with what you value. But if you're taught 
that that's really where your future lies. Again, that's problematic on its own. You know, it's getting to the point where women are now focused so much on education and career that they're really pushing off marriage much farther than they had ever done before. And in doing so, you're, there's several problems. Number one, you're going to end up in presumably various relation, long-term relationships, possible relationships that you even cohabitated. And that's not a simple thing for when it comes time to actually get married once you do, because you bring a lot of that baggage with you into your marriage when you do finally marry. Also, the, the bigger issue with, that I was talking about in that article was that, you know, it takes strategy to build relationships and have a happy life just the same way that it does for a career. So the idea that you can put all your focus in one basket and think that the other one's just going to take care of itself is just a mistake. You also note that uh, divorce, especially for young women, has had a profound effect on what they think uh, marriage and family are about and the relatively low priority they seem to be putting on it. How do you tell that story? Right. So I, I kind of piece it together in that article to say that the result of all these broken families, all this divorce, mixed with the cultural propaganda about putting your career first, has just been a lose-lose situation for women because ultimately they are fearful of relationships, understandably so, because they did not have a good model and don't know exactly how to proceed. So they want to put their energies into that which they can control, which of course is a career. You know, in their mind, you know, you put in the time and you're going to get compensated for that, if you will. It's just much more controllable. They think of relationships and marriage as so tenuous and so so much a matter of luck, I think, uh, you know, rather than understanding that in the same way what you put into a career you're going to get out of it, it's the same way with marriage, in fact, more so. And so that was, again, another thing I was emphasizing there is that, you know, just as somebody myself has been married 20 years this year, yes, I have a career. But if you look at what affects me emotionally uh, in terms of my happiness level or my stress level, whatever's going on in my home life is going to be much more instructive there than what's going on in my work life. You know, you can change your job, but you can't just change your marriage. So it's just a reversal of not just values and priorities, but really what makes sense from a practical level. So we used to say that men were avoiding the commitment of marriage and women were kind of languishing in that situation, wanting a family and children with their career in there as well, uh, but they, they couldn't find a man willing to commit. But now it sounds like women are in that boat too, not willing to commit. Right. So that was the impetus for the for the article in the first place because we I had written I opened it by talking about how I had written five years ago about the fact this Pew study that showed that women are still valuing marriage very much, but men are retreating from it, and that is true. On the other hand. Another poll from Pew showed that women are emphasizing and valuing their career more so than men, which then causes a gap between women in general and the men who do want to marry, right? So that, yeah, you have your pile of men who retreat, but then you have another group that want to marry and they're marriage-minded and they've got their career in order and they're ready to go, but the woman they love who they may be cohabitating with or just dating is the one who's saying we'll get, you know, who's postponing it and just doesn't want to commit. And so that's just a, just, it's just a massive change in the way it has always been. And so I think that makes, I think that warrants discussion, needless to say. Someone's going to ask, okay, but what's the difference if you got this young man and this young woman who kind of find each other, they're both putting their careers first they cohabit, maybe even, and nowadays, these are extended times. 
You know, some yeah. of them are celebrating cohabitation anniversaries. Mm-hmm. They don't know mm-hmm. what to call them. And there may be mm-hmm. even a kid or two that comes mm-hmm. along. Someone's going to say, so what's the difference uh, between that and, and marriage? They don't want marriage. They don't have to have it. They got all the benefits without it. Right. So, uh, you know, obviously they do not. And I think that that's partially what I don't think they have the facts on cohabitation, quite frankly, because it's not discussed in the mainstream media whatsoever. It's just accepted. But, you know, cohabitating relationships are much more tenuous than marital relationships for obvious reasons. I mean, there's a reason why you're not marrying. I mean, let's just call it what it is. Why aren't you marrying? What other reason would you have for cohabitating instead of marrying other than the fact that you can walk away much easier? Well, what other, I mean, that's the one thing that separates it from being different from one another. The most obvious thing is that commitment and your whole mindset is different when you're, quote, unquote, locked in than when you're not. I mean, you're just bringing a whole different thing to the table, depending on which one you're doing. So that's just, and then that gets to the the real underlying issue with whether it's the male or the female, it's this fear of commitment, and it's not having a model for how to make marriage work. And it's perfectly understandable. The problem is the way we're going about it, of course, is not resolving and not helpful to the children since children of cohabitating couples are much more likely to see their parents split up than those of married couples. So they're basically just, instead of figuring it out and rejecting the way they're, what, you know, the messages their parents taught them and learn how to make it work, they're really just perpetuating the problem and their kids are going to end up in the same boat that they're in. For the young women who don't cohabitate, but maybe just date and avoid marriage, put it off and put it off in favor of their careers. What kind of guy are they going to find when they finally decide they want to make the commitment of marriage? Right. So that's just a huge problem for them because ultimately when they get to the, if you're talking about your mid to late thirties, most of the men who they're going to, would they would desire to marry are going to have already been taken number one, because they were more focused on marriage minded women from the get go. And also, the more you climb in on the ladder, so to speak, educationally and career-wise, stats still show that women still want men at their equal level or higher, and they're not finding that. So by the time you get to be that age and you've, and you've put it off or rejected it or dismissed it or what have you, your pool of options has dwindled considerably. And they find themselves in a really bad situation, which is why a lot of them consider you know, having children on their own or whatever else they want to do. But anyway, it's, it's, it's problematic. It's just kind of a, it's a sad situation because it doesn't have to be that way. I guess that's really what gets me and why I wrote that piece is there really is a whole different way that you can map out your life. It doesn't need to be this complicated and end up with so much heartache. There's uh, the old stereotype. And I think it's based solidly in real life experience of the guy who puts off marriage. And eventually he's just by kind of the sheer force of gravity of living pretty much by and for yourself for decades becomes unmarriageable. I mean, mm-hmm. you can't marry mm-hmm. him. He's, he's, he's just going to, he, he can't adjust anymore. Does the same thing happen to women? That's a really, really great question. I believe so, because I don't think that's specific to gender. I think the more you acclimate to living on your own and the more comfortable you get having what you want, when you want it, and living in a way that, especially if you're going to put kids into the equation, not just a spouse, but but kids, you're going to, it's going to be that much more difficult to give that up for such a sacrificial role because it, it is a sacrifice. There's no question it's harder to be married than it is to be single. That I don't think that's you know debatable, and it's even harder to have a family because you're going to make sacrifices. Obviously, 
hopefully most of us think that they're well worth it, but it's difficult to start out. It's kind of like going down your standard of living. (laughs) It's best to just start out really where you never really got that comfy lifestyle and worry about that later after the kids are grown and you can do it then. But yeah, that's just a really great question. I think that's, I think that's kind of inevitable for sure that you get stuck in your ways. Suzanne Banker is our guest. We're talking about the consequences of women prioritizing their careers. And because they bear the majority of that family responsibility when the kids are young, does that mean that marriage and family and career for them are incompatible? We'll answer that question right after this. Looking for a foreign language program that will revolutionize your students' vocabulary knowledge and their understanding of grammar? How about a program that teaches critical thinking skills, too? Look no further than Memoria Press's Latin curriculum. Students of all ages can use these Latin study programs. Give your students the language of medicine and law today. Visit memoriapress.com and save $5 on your next order by using the coupon code LPR17. Memoria Press, a classical Christian education that works. Metro East Lutheran High School in Edwardsville, Illinois, engages young adults in a Christ-centered environment, delivering academic excellence and spiritual growth to develop Christian leaders for tomorrow. We provide a Christ-focused alternative to public high schools. Many of our students receive tuition assistance. To help us provide tuition assistance to more students, go to melhs.org and click on the giving page. Or call me, Dr. J. Krause, Principal, at 618-656-0043. Contending for truth in an age of anti-truth. You're listening to Issues Etc. Hey, Todd, what have our listeners noticed first when visiting the LPR studios? Definitely the small size and the dirt. Well, not anymore. Thanks to our friends at the Cleaning Authority. They've turned this man cave into a space that meets even our wives' approval. Whether it's our office or your home, the Cleaning Authority is your cleaning service provider in the St. Louis area. To schedule a free estimate or to find out more, visit thecleaningauthority.com. Thecleaningauthority.com. Listen to the best of the church's music for the Epiphany season at LutheranPublicRadio.org. Sacred music for the Epiphany season, 24-7. LutheranPublicRadio.org. Welcome back to Issues Etc. I'm Todd Wilkins. Suzanne Venker is our guest. We're talking about the consequences of women prioritizing their careers. She's authored a piece at the Federalist titled, If Women Want a Family, They Need to Prioritize Marriage Above Their Careers. So since this is a lot of hard work in any case, marriage and family, as you said before, and since just the facts of biology mean that at least when they're young, women bear the majority of that responsibility and that burden, in marriage and family. Does that mean that marriage and family and career for these women are incompatible? Well, they're going to collide. 
And, uh, you know, I think we've learned now, having women in the workforce as long as we have, that by the time you get your career established and where you want it to be is just right about the time when your eggs are starting to go dead, go bad. <laughs> so there's nothing we can do about that, right? You can call it unfair if you want, but that's the reality. So how are you going to make it work in a way where you're not ending up in a pickle? That's really the biggest issue. And, and the reality is that men do have an advantage in that they could take an extra five years if they wanted to marry a younger woman because that's just the way it is. You know, <laughs> you can't change it. So rather than just sort of try to maneuver around it or complain about it, I just think there's a much more practical, realistic, and smart way of, of mapping out your life. You say this, and I want to know what you mean. You can always get another job, but you can't just run out and create a new family. What's your point there? My point is that the focus has always been, really until recently, family and relationships. And jobs were just a means to an end. They were just the way to make that family and relationship work because you had to do it. And we turned that on its head and made work the ultimate value. And the relationships in the family are just sort of like, yeah, it's okay, it's nice. It circles around your, your otherwise more important thing. But, that, you know, ultimately that's not the most important thing. And, wow, you know, how problematic is that in and of itself, just from a value standpoint? We're really talking here about a situation where uh, neither party is much interested, aren't we? I mean, we're talking about men who've mm-hmm. notoriously wanted to avoid marriage until they until the last possible moment, and now it sounds like women are headed in the same direction. Does it make you concerned for the future of the institution? Uh, it does. I mean, unquestionably, it does. I mean, I worry for my own kids, and you can add to that just the problems with dating, right? And the and the the lack, the death of dating, really the whole relationship between women and men has been so butchered. And certainly we're seeing that in the news every day in more ways than one. So it's almost going to, I feel like it's almost going to take a revolution of its own to sort of undo the damage that's been done in order to, to, to make any headway. It's, it's problematic. And again, it stems really from several sources, but the rampant divorce is just not helping people figure out how to make relationships work. Obviously, we know divorce begets divorce. So it, it's just a, it's a cycle. I think we're going to have to get out of it if we have any hope of, of I don't know, future that, you know, where people can be happy and safe and prosperous. You said divorce begets divorce, no doubt about it. That's just the raw, br- uh, blunt truth of it. But also cohabitation begets divorce, doesn't it? It does. So the stats show that the longer you that the couples who they found lived together prior to getting married were more likely to get divorced. And I think, and part of the reason for that, or a big reason for that, I should say, there are several, is that they find that the the research finds that these couples tend to slide into marriage rather than make a very purposeful choice. So you figure, you, you compare the couple who never lived together and they're dating for X amount of time and then they make a decision you know, is this person right for me? And then one person asks the other, hopefully the man asks the woman, to marry him and all of that. Okay, that's the traditional way. The cohabitating couple has already been living together and been together for so long that they're sliding into marriage as though, well, we're this far into it. What else can we do now? You know, we, we can't start over because time is marching on. I'm not going to find someone else. I might as well just marry you because it makes sense. It's the next thing. And that's hugely problematic because you're not really making a conscious choice or an objective one at all. You're just sliding into it. And so 
lo and behold, down the road, you realize X, X amount of years that, that this really wasn't the right person for you. So I think that's probably the biggest problem with moving from cohabitation to marriage. With this declining interest of young women in marriage, are we seeing the emergence of a generation of what you have called the alpha female? Who is she? <laughs> so the alpha woman is someone who's been taught to completely dismiss and downplay her feminine, her inherent natural feminine side and to act and behave and think like a man in order to get ahead. And that may work fine in the work in the marketplace. I don't deny that. But if you do not switch it off and go into a different gear when it comes to your relationships, you're going to struggle because ultimately you're butting heads with your guy who's naturally alpha. Now, that's problematic. I mean, there's a lot to say about that dynamic because a lot of men today have become less alpha because they've been told to be. So it's not always two people butting heads. But either way, it's problematic because we're sort of messing with you know, our natural masculine and feminine nature, which I think is part of what makes marriage so easy, actually, if you just let it be and not fight it so much. I'm picturing a group of alpha females, mid to late 30s women who have put their careers first over marriage and family and have put all that off, walking into a bar filled with beta males who they may want to get married, but they're ill-equipped to do it now. How does that turn out? Well, for one thing, the alpha woman is not going to be... That's the funny thing about it, is that most alpha women want alpha men. <laughs> and so they're going to have a harder time finding that alpha male because there are so fewer of them, number one. And then if they, if their only option left is a really strong beta male, then they're essentially going to have problems of another nature because if she's the alpha and if he, she's really strong alpha and he's really strong beta, that's not going to last for a long haul because ultimately she will lose respect for him because she is stronger than he is. And ultimately, that's really not what women want. That's the irony of the whole feminist thing, that you want to be strong and capable and just like men, but not when it comes to relationships. You don't want to tower over your guy. He doesn't want it any more than you want it, I guess is what I'm saying. So it's it's win-win to just sort of surrender to the way it's supposed to be as opposed to trying to mess with it because it's most of the time, not all the time, most of the time it doesn't work out. I have entered into the age of grandparenthood, so I'm mindful of this. And I don't know if I would have taken it seriously. I married at a pretty average age. But I don't know if I would have taken it seriously had someone said to me, or had someone said to my wife at the time, if you put this off, you are not going to live to see your grandchildren. I don't know if that would have mattered, but it sure matters to me now. Oh, you know, I'm so glad you brought that up because I'll just tell you my personal story. So my, my mother married late in life. I married I married young, but then I was married and divorced four years later, then three years later married again. So by the time we, you know, married later, we had kids at 32 and 35. So now my mother had me at 38, though, which was really bizarre back then. Point being that both my parents and then my own grandparents were so much older that my daughter has witnessed this. She's She's 18, almost 18, and she is insisting, I'm marrying younger. I'm not doing it the way you and Dee Dee did it because she died. You know, she died two years ago, and my I never really knew my grandmother. That gets no play whatsoever in the media, and it's such a huge thing because we always think, well, that's way later. That's down the road. I'll worry about that later. But it's a really big deal that comes around very fast, and I am very much looking forward to the day when my daughter has children, and I want to be around for a long time. And she wants me around, and she misses her grandmother very much, who she was very close to. And, it, and she died way too soon, all because 
we postponed the childbearing really long time, or at least she did. So, yeah, that's a great point. Suzanne Venker is a married mother of two children in St. Louis, a regular contributor to Fox News, author of several books, including her latest, The Alpha Female's Guide to Men and Marriage, and a recent column for The Federalist titled, If Women Want a Family, They Need to Prioritize Marriage Above Their Careers. You can read it and you can purchase The Alpha Female's Guide to Men and Marriage at our website, issuesetc.org. Click Listen On Demand. Suzanne, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. When we come back, it's time to be teaching a Sunday school lesson with Pastor Tom Baker. We'll be talking about Peter escaping from prison in Acts chapter 12. I'm Todd Wilkin. This is Issues Etc. Stay tuned. In just a few short years, digital technology has revolutionized the way we live, work, and interact. But what does this mean for the church? In its January issue, the Lutheran Witness magazine looks at digital technology through Lutheran eyes, examining social media, online evangelism, podcasting, and the spiritual implications of these technological innovations for Christians. Visit cph.org witness to subscribe today. The Lutheran Witness, interpreting the contemporary world from a Lutheran Christian perspective. We have a special offer for first-time donors to Issues Etc. For any size gift during the months of January and February, We'll send you an autographed copy of Pastor Will Whedon's new book, Thank, Praise, Serve, and Obey, Recover the Joys of Piety. Make your first-time contribution online at issuesetc.org or send your check to Issues Etc., Box 83, Collinsville, Illinois, 62234, and we'll send you an autographed copy of Thank, Praise, Serve, and Obey. Recently graduated from high school or college and looking for a chance to serve a community in need while sharing the good news of Jesus Christ? Lutheran Young Adult Corps may be for you. Lutheran Young Adult Corps provides opportunities for long-term, full-time service for 10 weeks through the summer or 10 months over the school year in places like St. Louis, Philadelphia, and Boston. Find out more about Lutheran Young Adult Corps by finding us online at lcms.org Y-A-C-O-R-P-S or on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Lutheran Y-A Corps. Relevant worship isn't about trying to look and act like the rest of the world to appeal to the culture around us, but relevant worship is about Christ. Hope Lutheran Church of Birmingham brings you truly relevant worship, where sinners gather to hear God's word and receive his gifts of forgiveness and peace. Visit us online at hopebham.org. That's hope, B-H-A-M.org. Or give us a call at 205-956-1930. We'll see you Sunday. We love our on-demand listeners. You're listening to Issues Etc. Answering objections defending the faith, evolution or creation, transgenderism and homosexuality. These are some of the issues addressed at the San Antonio Biblical Worldview Conference, Saturday, February the 3rd at Faith Lutheran Church in San Antonio, Texas. Learn more at worldviewsa.org. This conference features Issues Etc. guests Dr. Jan Lohmeyer and Pastor David J. Weber. The San Antonio Biblical Worldview Conference, Saturday, February the 3rd, worldviewsa.org. Did you know that Luther Academy has been providing continuing education for confessional Lutheran pastors and laypeople worldwide for more than 20 years? Luther Academy publishes Logia, the confessional Lutheran dogmatic series, and Luther Digest. Find out more about Luther Academy and sign up to receive their free email newsletter at lutheracademy.com. 
lutheracademy.com and like them on Facebook, facebook.com slash lutheracademy.